joining this week's episode of the Inner Circle Podcast. Uh, my guest this week is Marcus Carey. Uh, he is founder and CEO of ThreatCare. Uh, previously worked in uh, cryptologic communications in the Navy for almost nine years. Uh, got out in 2002 uh, and has been working in information security uh, across the industry uh, pretty much ever since then. So, you know, thank you for uh, thank you for joining me, Marcus. Hey, I appreciate you having me, Tony. So, I'll start off by saying, uh, you know, I've I've known of you for a while. I've I've you know, we've been in contact in, to some extent for for years. Uh, I, I don't remember where you were or where I was interviewing, but you were you were one of my interviews uh, when I was job hunting around you know 2007, 2008, somewhere in there. Um, uh, and you know that that didn't pan out, but uh, you know, but we've we've still sort of been connected ever since then. And then I ran into you last year at the uh, uh, the Houston Security Conference, and uh, been you know much more connected since then. And and I want to say that in following you on Twitter, uh, I have tremendous respect for the value you bring, uh, both with kind of professional guidance and insight, and just that you you're generally positive. Uh, and uh, and I also appreciate your you know kind of your openness about your life your authentic your authenticity and you know it's it's all things that I think we need more of on social media uh, and in cybersecurity and 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 things that I look at and say man I want to be that when I grow up oh man that that is a that's a compliment um, and I appreciate that and also you know what's funny is I didn't realize you were you're a veteran as well aren't you I am. Uh, I was, uh, and actually, I was going to ask you, you, you know, so you got out in 2002. When did you go go in? Like 91? Uh, 93. So I did, 90. I did eight and a half years, almost nine years. Okay. But you were, you, you were after, uh, after the Gulf War, after the first Gulf War. After the first Gulf War. So I was in the first Gulf oh. War. Okay. All right. Wow. So what, what? I mean, you don't mind me interviewing you real quick. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> what did you do in the military? Um, I worked on uh, ALQ-131 Block 2 pods doing electronic countermeasures. Awesome. Sweet. I, I'm, I'm familiar with that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So uh, That's awesome. I, and, and I probably would have stayed in except for that uh, it's just weird uh, bureaucracy of the Air Force or the military because – you know, my, I, you know, everything's got a job code, and my job code, for whatever reason, was tied to the F-111, which, great jet, I love the F-111, but uh, they, were, they had one job code for ALQ-131 pods on the F-111, and then one job code for ALQ-131 pods on every other jet. And it became very limiting when they closed down Upper Hayford and they closed down uh, uh what was the other one in England? Anyway, they closed down the F-111 bases, and it got to the point where the only option left really was Cannon Air Force Base in New Mexico, which is where I finished out uh, before I got out of the Air Force. Um, and I just bailed because I was like, I don't, I don't really want to spend the next 15 years <laughs> in New Mexico. <laughs> and uh, that's funny. <laughs> no offense to all the New Mexico people. <laughs> yeah. But it was soon after that they, they, they did actually change it because I had friends who stayed in and ended up you know going to you know Germany and, and other places because they, they expanded the, 
the career and, and merged it with the other one. And it was just, this, it was just, like I said, it was a silly bureaucratic thing because when I was in Turkey during uh, Desert Shield and Desert Storm, I was working on the pods for the F-16s and the F-15s and, and everything else because it's the same pod. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, so it was just silly that my career field was was locked in that, that way. So, um, yeah, I tell you, that's crazy. And so, I, it sounds you were were you stationed in England? Sounds like yeah, I was in uh, yeah, I was at Upper Hayford in in England uh, for you know the first kind of half of my uh, time in the Air Force, and then, like I said, finished out the last couple years in in New Mexico. That's awesome. And uh, so my uh, I actually was stationed in Scotland, my first duty station. So I lived in the UK for two years, uh, and I actually met my wife there too. So uh, that's funny, uh, cool. Yeah, that's small cool. world. Um, and I love I love Scotland. That was uh, I had some good times in Scotland. Yeah. Um, so uh, you were, correct me if I'm wrong, born and raised in Texas. Yep, born and raised in Texas. Uh, before I joined the military. Uh, the only time I had been out of Texas was I went to a, a basketball tournament in Little Rock, Arkansas. It was also my first plane flight. So I was uh, out the state for about three days. But other than that, uh, 100% Texas growing up. All right. Where about? Uh, so I was born in a small town called Marlin, Texas, which is uh, about 6,000 people. Tiny town. Uh, lived back and forth uh, in a couple of different cities, but... Uh, I, I'm a I'm from Marlin. I graduated from Waco High. Um, Waco Marlin is close to Waco, and so that's the like the big city around uh, that part of Texas. So yeah, uh, and I ended, ended up enli- enlisting in the Navy from Waco. All right, cool. Uh, we've done because uh, you know, I'm you're, you're now based out of Austin. I'm in Houston, uh, and uh, so Austin is a popular day trip destination for us but so is waco um we, we like to go up to oh, waco yeah. my my, oh, my yeah. wife my wife uh likes to go to the uh the magnolia market silos and all that kind of stuff and uh man i, I love it i i love the fact that there's some positivity uh coming out of waco because uh back in the day every time you heard of waco it was about david koresh crazy. <laughs> david koresh and there's baylor football program yeah some bad news came out of there before that it was a basketball player that got murdered and the coach helped cover it up it's always like every time out of waco is usually bad news but i'm, I'm really proud of uh what chip and joanna Gaines uh is doing for waco it's, it's awesome yeah it is it's, it's good stuff um uh and we always have a good time going there uh it's 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 cool um so uh, you said nine ninety three you, you you joined the navy was that you know I, i'm curious about the sort of the the, the motivations i mean because uh, you know for me i was in detroit i uh had a scholarship and was going to the university of michigan dearborn for like a semester and a half and just was bored i didn't really know what i wanted to major in i you know i was taking classes but i didn't i didn't have a focus and i basically just decided you know what uh, I should uh, one step back. I had seen Top Gun, and so I was like, "That's oh, yeah. cool. I want to do that." Uh, and I decided that I just wanted to, to see the world. So I didn't. I didn't join out of any like sense of patriotism per se. I didn't join. I didn't even really join for like the GI Bill or or whatever. I just joined because I was like, 
well, they'll send me somewhere. Um, and that was, that was more or less my motivation. So I'm curious for you, you know, what was some of the motivation and was any of it a reflection of, uh, you know, events going on at the time or, you know, you know what, you know, we, I guess we were just kind of coming off of Desert Shield and Storm. Yeah, so um, when I was growing up, I was the poorest person growing, poorest person I knew. There was no way for me to pay for college. I actually was pretty good at basketball and had an opportunity to play uh, on a partial scholarship somewhere. But uh, books, I would have to pay for books. I would have to pay for housing. I would pay, had to pay for all that stuff. But I could have got a, a scholarship to play basketball up in Dallas. Um, so, but I couldn't afford it. Um, and the whole thing was, I'm, I was always a nerd. Uh, growing up, I wouldn't admit I was a nerd because you can't be a nerd in the hood. So uh, I always wanted to go to college. always thought education was cool. Um, so eventually uh, what I did is uh, I saw a college recruiter. Well, not a college recruiter, but a Navy recruiter. And the Navy recruiter was like, hey, you know, we pay for college, you know, blah, 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 GI Bill. And so uh, having the opportunity, like, I can pay for college for something? That's cool. Let me join. So the reason why I joined the Navy is because of the Montgomery GI Bill. And that's it. No other reason. Okay. Um, I, 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 I'm going to make, go out on a limb and make an assumption that you did fairly well on the ASVAB um, just based on your career. Uh, you know, just cause I, you know, yeah, I, I think, I think cryptologic communication sounds like the kind of career field that you would have had to score pretty high to get into. Yep. Uh, like I said, nerd, nerd from the start, always a nerd, always did well on tests. So yeah, I, I actually, you know, the, the military tests people out when, when you join, uh, the, the test is ASVAB test, right? It's so, uh, and so the higher you score on that test, the better jobs you qualify for. Uh, and so, you know, the better, you know, because you have to learn fast in the military. And so they, they, they judge your aptitude and, and they, they put you in career fields, which is quite interesting, by the way, because I think that there should be like a civilian equivalent to ASVAB to, un, to identify talent. Because uh, I think we're trying to push people into career fields. And sometimes uh, they have, may have an aptitude for something that you never would have suspected. Uh, I believe there's people that, that might not, they went through school and they might not did well. But they may, they may be able to test, you know, some kind of aptitude test to see if they would be good at STEM or they'd be good at something else. And I think that we need to relook at our education system in general. But yeah, so uh, I scored pretty good on the test, and I got into an awesome career field at 18 years old. I got the highest clearance in the land, you know, all read into all kind of secret sauce stuff, um, secret squirrel stuff, and uh, and it was cool. One one moment I'm in a hood the next moment I'm, I'm around all this technology <laughs> it was crazy man were you um land-based did you serve on a ship yeah so uh I, the first two years i was stationed in scotland uh, the next three years i was on a ship pretty much and then i finished up my time at fort Meade. so i was on a ship out of pearl harbor hawaii uh and uh, i did two west packs so i was in i was like in a real real navy uh, on a ship, it feels like prison, but uh, we we had we had a mission, and uh, the the military. Funny about the thing about the navy, the navy always 
is deploying on a ship I was going 75% of the time during the peacetime. So uh, I never felt too sorry for Army and Air Force people complaining about deployments. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I will readily admit that, you know, when I was looking at the, the you know, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, that, you know, one of the I, – I basically very quickly narrowed it down to Air Force and Navy because, again, I had watched Top Gun. So my whole focus was I wanted to be around the jets. <laughs> and I was like, all right, so it's going to be one yeah. of these two. And uh, – and and ultimately it's like the air force seemed like the cushiest and I, and I think it is the, the, the cushiest of those four yeah, uh, absolutely i i wish i would have went into the air force <laughs> <laughs> so uh i mean even when you know it's like you know it's funny talking to my kids about it because they're like wow you served you know you, you were in a war and i was like eh was i because <laughs> yeah, I had friends, I had friends who deployed from from Upper Hayford, yeah. who deployed to Riyadh. Yeah. They were in a war. Yeah, I was like, I was at Interlake Air Base in Turkey, and I got you know combat pay and hazardous duty pay or whatever, and I was you know just out buying leather and gold and partying it up. I mean, I was never I was never in any danger. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, that yeah the and being on a ship, I guess I mean a ship is dangerous anyway. But you're you're right. So I had a super cushy job in the military, so I don't try to play like I'm some kind of crazy comeback gangster or seal or something. I was on a keyboard. I got I got paid to to be on the keyboard. That's what I did. So. What exactly, you know, w- w- without giving away any of the, uh, you know, c- secret squirrel info, you know, what exactly is cryptologic communications? Uh, basically, uh, basically the NSA, National Security Agency, full name that some people don't know is NSA slash CSS, Central Security Service. And so basically there's this whole piece of NSA that's uh, military, right? So... And it's all the branches, right? So I was I was in uh, the the Navy's version of the NSA essentially, and we were kind of like augmented staff for the NSA. So the whole time I was in, I supported the NSA. Most of the time, I was doing communications or cryptography. Uh, when we would deployed on a ship, I, w- I would be doing all the communications, uh, you know, supporting the agency's mission across the world. So. Uh, I, I was pre- pretty much I was an NSA asset the whole time I was in the military. Okay, very cool. Um, so let's let's move on and talk then about Tribe of Hackers. Now I want to first start by saying uh, uh, you know I got the book it's here in my hand. Um, I also own Tribe of Mentors. And Tim Ferriss is uh, now living in Austin. So first of all, you know, have you have you met Tim Ferriss? Are you familiar with Tim Ferriss? And was there anything about Tribe of Mentors that inspired Tribe of Hackers? Oh, so uh, yeah, I'm aware that Tim Ferriss is in Austin. I've been a, a I've been a follower of of uh, two people for a long time: Tim Ferriss uh, and also uh, my boy Gary Vaynerchuk. Vayner Chuck. Uh, so, I those people are really pretty cool, motivating people. Uh, they talk about how you how do you start businesses, and and all that stuff. So, 
I read Tribe of Mentors. I, I got that book. I got that book for a gift around Christmas time. So I, on, during the Christmas break, I read the book and I started Tribe of Mentors uh, January 1st of 2018. So it took a year to compile all the stuff. But yeah, so Tim Ferriss, Tribe of Mentors, because Tim is connected to all kind of people that are like entertainers, entrepreneurs, but like like A-list type people. Uh, so I was like, man, I know a lot of people in cybersecurity space that are kind of like A-listers per se. Uh, and I also know a lot of people that are doing awesome stuff that don't get recognition. Uh, you know, and I was like, man, it'd be great if we could. Uh, because you know how, like, at a conference, we have, like, what they call hallway con. And that's where me and you interacted, interacted at Houston con. We're in the hallway. Like, hey, what you doing? How, hey, how, pleasure to meet you. That's that and the third. And so what I did is I, I compiled, like, the questions and almost, like, the order that we would have hallway con in. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so people that sometimes they might not have access to people, they might see some of these people in the book speak at a conference, but, you know, they're not in their inner circle. So what I did is I, I, I wanted people to get an opportunity to understand and, and see how human uh, these people were even. They're not, uh, you know, they're pretty down to earth. You can, I mean, uh, hopefully you get it, you know, everyone gets a chance to uh, grab a copy of the book. But, yeah, it humanizes some of this, you know, some of the celebrities or rock stars in the space. Uh, and I think it's motivational uh, because uh, we ask how they got into the game, all these different things, their book recommendations. And so, uh, you know, shout out to Tim Ferriss. I hopefully, hopefully I get a chance to meet him uh, soon, but he, he definitely, that book definitely inspires the book. Well, and, and so, you know, like I said, I've, I've got the book. I have not read all of it, but I've you know read I've, I've read a few of the of you know select people. Uh, and I need to I need to carve out some time and just sit down and, and read through it. But but it is I think for someone who isn't in in cybersecurity, it might look like you know like you you need to have like this certain set of skills or meet this certain bar or you know there's certain requirements to get into the game. And I think one of the 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 lessons of the book is sort of like a there isn't a right way into the game and there isn't a, there isn't even really a bar to entry. It's like, if you want to be in the game, be in the game. Absolutely. Uh, yep. Absolutely. Um, I, and I, I like, you know, cause one of the questions that you asked um, everyone was sort of what their thoughts are on the role of formal education for cybersecurity. And I like that, you know, the, the, the kind of like the variance of answers to that. I mean, my, you know, the, my my own path was you know, I, I I already talked about how I was going to the University of Michigan Dearborn and you know decided to quit and join the Air Force. I eventually did get an associate's degree, just kind of like taking a class here and there while I was in the Air Force, you know, through through the Community College of the Air Force. Um, Shout out to CCAF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, but when I got out, I I, I did use my GI Bill money and I pursued a uh, bachelor's in information technology uh, and I got within I don't know eight credit <laughs> like I, I only needed to take like two more classes and I would have finished the bachelor's degree 
and I just never finished because I because I didn't feel like I needed it. It's like I got done and I was like, all right, I've I've taken all the classes I want to take. I'm good. Um, and you know, and I went from the Air Force to uh, doing sales uh, for my dad's company in Chicago to being a network admin and getting into security. Uh, you know, and you know, get my CISSP and and kind of working as a security consultant in the trenches. Uh, but really, I did all that on the back of my own passion for technology. I mean, because no matter what, when I was in the Air Force, when I was working for my dad, all, throughout all of that, you know, I was building computers and taking computers apart and learning computers, and 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 I was the, you know, the tech support guy for all of all of my friends and family, as most of us are in the <laughs> in the cybersecurity world. Thanks. Uh, you know, and, and so I, you know, it was, it was just kind of like, I, I, I eventually kind of stumbled into it, but it wasn't, it, there certainly wasn't a plan. I didn't like, you know, graduate high school and say, you know what, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, that what, what the takeaway is, is that everybody, uh, kind of the message is be curious and, and follow that curiosity where it takes you, um, and that's kind of like the big thing that I, I took away, uh, because I think if you're curious, you're going to go and you're going to find answers. And, and, and I hope people don't lose that, that curiosity and that passion to learn, because every day there's something new to learn uh, in cybersecurity. Absolutely. Um, so I want to talk then, too, about sort of the model for for the book uh, in terms of, you know, you guys have published this uh, you know, as a paperback, which you can buy. I have it, like I said, in my hand. Um, and you're, you're donating uh, the proceeds to charity. And at the same time, you're, you know, for anyone who can't afford it, you're also offering the book for free in PDF format. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so... Excuse me. So, uh, so one of the one of the, the reason why we, we we did this book was uh, so we could get the information out to people who needed it, and and to present it into book form. Uh, it's funny how binding a page to with glue and a cover makes it seem more serious, right? <laughs> For some reason, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's a beautiful looking book too. I thought the we 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 uh, paid a book designer, we paid an editor. Uh, it's a real book, um, and so uh, I tried to pitch the book to uh, some a couple of uh, publishers, and and they 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 kind of you know turned me down, and so I was like, hey, uh, we we should do it ourselves, you know, since you know I you know I have a company and and uh, you know we have the resources to to pay for it to get something like this done, and do it in the right way, so. The form, the the, and so what happened is, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty open about everything. So we we paid about eight thousand bucks to get the book done, uh, and that's not including labor, uh, because you know, you know, our labor and all the contributors' labor. If you add that up, uh, the the book's probably worth eighty thousand dollars or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of calculated, right? Everybody's spending time doing it, right? So um, all the people that they volunteered their time to answer the questions. And so we released the book. The book, people love the book. And uh, I saw 
people like uh, I need to wait till my paycheck. I need to, you know to get the book and all that stuff. And um, so uh, I kind of wanted to do this anyway because I knew at some point when we we released the digital copies, it would start getting uh, it would start getting bootlegged, right? And that's and that's cool because if you if you if your stuff's getting bootlegged, that means you have a good problem that your content's good, right? Yep. So I saw people saying that they couldn't afford the book. And uh, also, I saw people asking for the bootleg already. And I was like, man, let me give the people what they want. We're going <laughs> to get, I'm going I'm to bootleg it myself. Uh, and so um, we made the call to release it on PDF. Uh, the, the manuscript, the PDF manuscript's beautiful too. Uh, I mean, so I think that people got a very high quality product with, that is very valuable as well. Um, you know, imagine trying to travel and meet all those people in the book and then they're all there in the, in the same place. Uh, and so that's, that's, uh, that's the beauty of the project. And like you said, uh, all the royalties that we get from the book are going to charity. Uh, and so we've already collected over $10,000 in royalties for the book. Uh, at the end of this month, uh, we'll, we're going to do a, a mass donations to several charities uh, that, that we selected. It's on it's on the back of the book and it's on our website. You can go to tribeofhackers.com and that'll uh, that'll take you to the, the page and it'll tell you what charities that we're working with. Uh, and we also uh, donated 50 books to the, the, the Rural Tech Fund. Uh, that's something that Chris Sanders runs. Uh, you can you can look up Rural Tech Fund. Because, like I said, I'm a country boy, and when I was growing up, I didn't have access to technology or books like this. So we donated 50 books to them, and we'll do uh, we'll, we'll do some of the proceeds will go to other things like that too. So anyway, so uh, shout out to all the contributors. Shout out to everybody that bought the book, because uh, it's going to people that really need it. The 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 royalties are going to people that really need it, and um, that's a part of what I talk about all the time. Uh, I talk about being a blessing to everybody that that I meet and and all that stuff and and that's what I'm that's what I'm living for is to be a blessing to people and so everybody that buys the book, uh, it's been people that downloaded the PDF and bought the book. Uh, I just I posted a tweet today. There was there was some kind of form I guess in some kind of thread somewhere somebody was dissing the book, and so somebody bought the book. <laughs> from that and he and he dm'd me it's like man this book's awesome i found out from a hater pretty much <laughs> <laughs> well and so, i was going to talk about that i've seen i've seen you know in following because uh, i follow the the tribe of hackers account on twitter uh and i've seen uh a, i think a couple people say you know they originally were like yeah i'm just gonna get the pdf for free and then you get it and you start reading it and you realize the value that's being provided and 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 at that point it's like you know if you can afford to, you, you, you feel obligated to, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, I mean, if you can't afford it, if you can't afford it, then, Hey, that's great. Don't, you know, that, that's, that's fine. Read the PDF. Yeah. That's not a problem. But you know, once you, once you get the value, it's like, okay, if you've got the 20 bucks or whatever, like, you know, pony up. Yeah, man. And like, I tell you, man, like back in the day, I know everybody bootleg music. Uh, and so I learned this from a rapper, a rapper called Jadakiss. Uh, this guy said, you want your stuff to be hot because people, uh, pe- 
people not if it's whack, nobody wants it. So nobody would have downloaded it. Nobody would have read it if it was right. whack. Well, and, and to tie it back into Gary V, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, he he talks all the time about giving away content for free and 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 getting the value on the back end. Um, and I think you know you know when you talk about streaming music, when when Napster hit the scene and the record industry kind of freaked out and they were like, oh my God, everyone's just sharing music for free. You know, we're going to lose all this money. And my philosophy even early on was, no, you're going to make money because now I can just access the music and I can listen to it and, and go, hey, you know what? I like that. And and, and I, I'm sure there are, I mean, there are certainly people out there who will just take advantage and be like, oh, cool. Now I can steal all this music for free. But I used it like a, sampling and then if i liked an artist by all means i would buy i would i would buy the album and give them my money like i'm i'm all for supporting people who are bringing value to me i absolutely agree man i bought every album that was hot <laughs> i was like okay i'm gonna go buy this album uh so i think that what what uh people do um and those you can't worry about stuff like that I mean, if you're really writing stuff or doing stuff for people to listen to and people to enjoy, I mean, you want the people to get it any way they can get it, uh, because like you're you're providing value to their life, and like, you know, if you're doing positive things all the time, things are gonna come your way, and so that's kind of how I, like I try to roll, and like everybody can be distracted with negativity, and and sometimes you know you'll catch me like you know get into some so a little bit of back and forth activity. But but overall, uh, if you if you're trying to be a blessing to somebody else and you're just trying to help you're trying to help people, uh, you everything's going to come around uh, and you're going to be compensated in some way. Very cool. Um, you know, one of the things uh, uh, as I as I went through the book and you know, I looked at it and I and I said, you know, uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't invited. I didn't I didn't get I didn't get invited to contribute. I said, but I can answer these questions, and I, so I was I was actually gonna uh, gonna gonna email you and say, hey, you know, do you, do you have any sort of like copyright trademark uh, issue with me like doing a blog post where I basically just write my contribution to the book? Yeah, I mean, and and I would love to see people doing that. Uh, it's another, uh, and there's a there's an opportunity here too, though, because like uh, we actually are doing a series here, so this is the first book. Um, and so this might be some people's first time hearing this. So uh, we're going to do about five or six more books that, that we have scheduled. Uh, and so the next book that's going to be hitting uh, in a couple of months is uh, is going to be Tribe of Hackers, the Leaders Edition. And the Leaders Edition, we're, we're going to talk to CISOs and, and security leaders and people that hire security professionals on how to hire people, how to hire the right security team. How to how to mesh with other team members of management, how to hit your goals as a security team, like all the stuff that you should know as as a security leader or aspiring to be a security leader to be an effective security leader, you're going to get it from that version of the book. And we're also doing a, a red team edition, blue team edition, uh, incident response edition. So we're doing a topical, and we'll get more technical. So the first book is a how do I get in? And now we're going to say, how do you do your job well? That's going to be the next piece. Okay, so here's what's really awesome about that to me, is it 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 mashes up 
the you know Tim Ferriss tribe of mentors concept, kind of with the Gary Vaynerchuk sort of philosophy and, and and giving away content and just bringing value, and then you're also now taking it and putting it into the uh, Mark Victor Hansen sort of uh, chicken soup for the soul model. Yeah. Because uh, that's what I think of when you when you talk about that is like you know how they you know there was chicken soup for the soul and there was like chicken soup for the soul too and then there was chicken soup for the woman's soul, chicken soup for the man's soul, chicken soup for the leader's soul, chicken soup for the athlete's soul, and and you kind of you know start getting into those you know narrowing it down and 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 bringing sort of that same that same value but in a more uh, targeted way. Uh, so I think that sounds awesome. Yeah, man, and and so Tony, uh, I'm sorry you missed out on the first one, but you'll have a, an opportunity <laughs> to contribute uh, in the in the, re- in the rest of the series. Okay, I all promise right. you. All right, um, all right. Uh, well, I I, I want to kind of start to wind down, but uh, let let um, I want to give you a chance to let the listeners know, like where can they find you? Where should they follow you? Where you know you already mentioned it, but like you can you know recap where can they get the book and how can they be a part of that. Okay, so uh, again, so we we published the book uh, on uh, as a company. Uh, I'm the CEO, founder and CEO of ThreatCare, and so uh, so we released it on ThreatCare Press. It's independent, so you can find the book on Amazon. Uh, Tribe of Hackers. Uh, you can you can also go to you can type in uh, tribeofhackers.com, and it takes you to a landing page that we have at ThreatCare site. Uh, at that at that point, you can also download the free PDF. Uh, we're, we are asking for email address for that. Uh, so so be warned. Some people hate giving up their email address. My you get a burner, download download <laughs> it. Yep. Uh, so um, and uh, so I'm Marcus J Carey on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can follow Tribe of Hackers. That's actually an interesting account to follow. Uh, and uh, you can follow ThreatCare at th- at ThreatCare on Twitter, uh, and we're we're ThreatCare on most uh, channels. Uh, uh, Marcus J Carey, uh, and I'm I'm pretty much active, super active on Twitter, probably <laughs> probably t- too much. <laughs> uh, but uh, my DMs are always open as well. That's something that I that I've been doing for quite some time. Uh, I think Wim Rands he. he 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 told he actually I saw him doing it. And I was like, man, people, you know, if, if you want advice or you're going through something, hit me up. I'm not. I try to be as helpful as I can. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's uh that's where you can find find me. That's where you can find Threat Care. That's where you can find Tribal Hackers online. And like I said, be on the lookout for more um, Tribal Hackers books. Uh, uh, we're trying to make this a, a movement where people are uh, leaving a legacy. Uh, so one of the things I want to do is everything that I know, I want to share before I pass away. Uh, funny thing enough, Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk has two goals. Uh, <laughs> Gary, we talk about Gary B a little bit. Gary is like he he wants to own the Jets. That's one of his goals. Yep. <laughs> and the other goal, and this is the craziest thing he's he he said. That essentially, when he passes away, he wants the funeral to be so massive <laughs> that they have to have some kind of like a national Gary V Day kind of situation. And yep. 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 shut down the highway. And... Yeah, yeah. That that's how I want to be. 
So I encourage everybody to make an impact that big or it's going to be a problem if, if you're not here. Uh, you don't want to be the person that, like, have to, you know, no, nobody nobody shows up for the funeral. So live a great life. Give first. And uh, and follow, follow me online and, and call me out if you see me not living by that principle, okay? Absolutely. Especially you, Tony. Absolutely. Call me out. All right. Well, uh, again, I, just, I, I want to thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for uh, what you bring, and uh, and thank you for being on the on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your service too, Tony. Thanks. All right, thank you. All right, man. I appreciate you investing your time to listen to the podcast, but I also invite you to engage on social media. Uh, please go like our Facebook page and follow at. Techspective on Twitter and Instagram. You can feel free to let me know what you like, let me know what you don't like, let me know if you love it, let me know if it sucks, and uh, let me know what products you'd like to see reviewed or what uh, questions that you'd like to see answered in future posts.